You're listening to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Friday afternoon. Let's turn to our first topic and guest of today. Now, in the next fifteen minutes or so, we're talking about education and how the pandemic has really changed the landscape of learning, but also the preparation for kindergarten admissions. And to talk about this, I'm really delighted to be joined by Nutsa. Kobak Hitse, who's an assistant professor in comparative and international education in the Faculty of Education at the University of Hong Kong. Uh, welcome to the program, Professor Kabak Hitse. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you for having me, Noreen, and good afternoon, everyone. We are live on Facebook、uh, this afternoon, so for our listeners, feel free to join us there. Perhaps you'd like to see and hear us, and also、uh, put your question uh, directly uh, to Nutsa Kubahitse.、Um, now, I know you've got a special interest in this area, and you recently conducted a, a study on this,、uh, which we'll be able to hear about your findings.、Uh, before we talk about your survey,、uh, what made you sort of interested in this area? Thank you. I'll give you more background into why I'm interested in this.、Uh, well, in my research, I study education markets and privatization of education with the focus on private tutoring or what we call shadow education in Hong Kong, in China, in Southeast Asia, in the countries of post-Soviet world.、Uh, the study that I'm going to talk about focuses on so-called interview classes, the classes that prepare young children to get into Kindergarten admission,、uh, kindergartens, right? And the services out there in the market includes not only preparation for interview classes,、uh, for for into how to get、uh, better into the interview preparation, but also how to you know construct a CV, how to、uh, write a portfolio for young kids, and then because of COVID nineteen, services also includes how to you know.、Um, Record a very good video and submit for the、um, for the admission. So these services, interview class services, have grown in popularity in Hong Kong. So this is not new.、Uh, it was it existed before COVID nineteen as well.、Um, you know, in Hong Kong we have quite competitive education system, and getting into oversubscribed kindergartens can be very big challenge for families. So they try to. Do everything to mobilize their resources, economic, social、uh, capitals, or cultural capitals to get into kindergartens. We all know this notion of winning on the starting line in Hong Kong, right? So, for others outside of Hong Kong,、uh, they are often、uh, feeling that this is quite strange that we have admission interviews for kindergartens and admission preparation for kindergartens,、um, and that's true. Like. For for years in education system, we've been talking about how to get into universities, how to get into schools. But now we're talking about how to get into into kindergartens, right? So this pressure to perform, pressure to excel, now is downward from universities to the kindergarten, because families believe that you know if you if you send your kid to the right kindergarten. Then you increase chances to get into right、uh, school and then、uh, eventually go to the best university. So that's the mindset that parents have that、um, is driven the service. Yeah, it's such an interesting phenomena that this whole.、Uh 
educa- uh, this whole shadow education. It's like a spin-off from uh, your, your sort of uh, traditional education, and it's sort of grown a life on its own. We'll, we'll hear more about that uh, in the course of uh, the, today's interview. Um, I'm really interested to find out uh, a little bit more about your survey results. Can you sort of give us a little bit of background, and uh, what did you find out in your survey? Well, this study I planned before uh, COVID-19, a year before, and when uh, COVID-19 hit Hong Kong, I had everything set up. So I didn't want to postpone my study, and I wanted to still conduct because I wanted to you know, collect extra data on how COVID-19 actually impacted kindergarten admission preparation services. Well, there are some findings. We are still analyzing the data, um, but I, I'm happy to share some of the emerging findings. So this was an interview study. So we interviewed 78 individuals, including parents, teachers, tutors, and early childhood educators. So the the first finding is that COVID-19 changed the nature of admission to kindergartens, right? So everything moved to online after school closures and um, kindergarten admission interviews also moved online. So most frequently used uh, platform is Zoom, so kindergartens are you know, conducting this interview by Zoom. And then the other form is video submission. I will talk um, a little bit later. So as for the Zoom interviews, it is quite challenging both for kindergartens and parents to arrange that service because, you know, we are talking about young kids, two and three year old kids, right? And sustaining their attention in front of screens is quite difficult. And sometimes they're emotionally reacting they are scared of you know answering questions in front of screens and sometimes teachers are wearing masks and so um, it really did not work quite well so then kindergartens decided to you know encourage parents to submit videos video submission became really really popular and also portfolio submission because video submission uh, we can have a lot of challenges as parents and as kindergarten teachers and admission staff because um, you know, parents have to produce multiple videos uh, to submit uh, to different kindergartens because kindergarten parents are submitting uh, these videos to multiple kindergartens in order to increase the chances to get in. And then kindergartens may have different requirements for these videos. So then parents have to produce and produce. And sometimes what we found is that students are you know, resisting this multiple taking of videos and uh, you know they are fed up with this multiple uh, video taking um, and also we found that the um, whole new business emerged as a result of you know moving online so the business is about how to professionally take videos of young children if you go on social media like instagram facebook you will see lots of uh, advertisements of businesses like videographers photographers they uh, advertise their services they will take smart photos of your kids there and this costs thousands and thousands of money uh, to parents but parents are willing to just as long as they go into the, the right school, the right kindergarten, so they can progress into the right primary school and secondary school, and then for tertiary education, take yeah. the money. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And then, um, you know... Um, it's this, funny you mention uh, that point in, in as well, Nutsa, because um, a, a lot of uh, some multimedia journalists that I know are sort of between jobs, and they've also been asked to sort of help with the video submissions, and they have friends asking them, can you edit my child's uh, kindergarten <laughs> video submission? So there is um, a strange market for this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, part, when... When getting into kindergarten depends on video submissions, parents are ready to do everything, right? So what we found is that parents are trying to, you know, showcase their homes and, you know, these fancy homes and some even um, rent a yacht. I, I've Victoria seen them all with the yacht. <laughs> That's very interesting. Or playing golf with their children. So they try everything to impress admission uh, interview staff, right? So... Um, the market is really booming on video submissions. I'm just shaking my head here. I, I just recently submitted um, a, a, a video submission for my youngest daughter. And let me tell you, Nutsa, I did not... <laughs> I did not have any of those fancy things. In fact, I was just trying to make it so that it didn't showcase how small or messy my apartment was. Um, but I was just trying to get a video of her feeding herself and just <laughs> reading and just doing regular stuff that a child <laughs> of her age would do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, um, some parents try to be very strategic, you know, and very artificial as well. So I believe that authenticity is important with your telling, right? Just what's happening in your household, just natural stuff. But uh, because of the high competition to get in, parents are ready to do whatever they think will help uh, them to get into kindergarten. Absolutely, yeah. I think you you nailed the hit, the, the 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 head. Um, you nailed the head on the nail. What's that phrase anyway? Um, saying that you know you've got to be authentic. Um, so uh, in terms of uh, the educators and in terms of uh, what are they looking for? Do they share with you what sorts of things they've been receiving in terms of the videos or in terms of the the interview process during the pandemic? Yeah, so there is actually a gap in um, understanding what kindergartens really look for. When we ask parents, they think different things. And when we ask the kindergarten teacher, they actually looking for something else, right? So basically, uh, kindergartens would like to see children's social skills, good manners and etiquettes. But it also depends on kindergarten. Sometimes they are looking for kids with good academic skills. And it's a little bit funny in that age, right, and two and three, to have uh, academic academic knowledge of something. So, um, but others just want to see that, you know, they have good social skills and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. But what we also found, Noreen, is maybe um, concerning for us educators, which maybe uh, may have the implications of increasing. Uh, social inequalities is that some kindergartens actually are selecting parents and families rather than children. So um, that's that's increases inequalities because those parents who can take fancy videos and invest a lot in this kind of services have more chances, and this this may discriminate other students and families uh, from poor backgrounds. Absolutely. Um, who's driving this market? I mean, where did it first sort of begin? When did this sort of uh, winning at the starting point uh, mentality start to sort of creep into Hong Kong? I mean, I, I was born and bred in Hong Kong. I don't remember it being 
quite like this when I was growing up. So who's driving this? Well, it's a very good question. Uh, there are lots of drivers and very popular explanation is like Confucius culture, East Asia, tiger parenting. But I'm not really buying into that because we need to look holistically what's driving the market. Maybe parents' mentality, maybe this how the system of early childhood education is set up. And then also social class and then some economic and social conditions that we are living in. Um, they, whole early childhood uh, education system is privatized in Hong Kong. It's driven by uh, the idea of parental choice, right? So the parents have freedom to choose the, uh, the schools and um, the kindergartens they like. So it's, it's fully privatized. We don't have public um, kindergartens. But government subsidizes uh, some kindergartens, so we have so-called free quality kindergartens. But what, when we asked the parents if they want to send to those kindergartens, actually, they are not very popular. They want to send to these famous kindergartens, and that's why um, this happens. And also the market services. All these advertisements are driving the market. They are actually um, capitalizing on the anxieties and concerns of parents So um, and then pushing. So there are lots of driving forces of this market and the services. That's such an excellent point as well, Nutza. It's that anxiety from parents, from first-time parents, when you see other parents doing it, you think, should I be doing it? And then it creates a whole sort of urgency to, to hop on that, that train in case you miss out. Um, yeah, you need to catch the train. <laughs> one point that I wanted to follow up with is that um, uh, also another great point that you made is that schools are, are choosing parents. And a lot of the times you hear the feedback from parents uh, that they feel like they're the ones being interviewed and that perhaps during the Zoom interview, the uh, teachers, and rightly so, you want to be able to match, uh, you know, great parents and great family for your school to make sure that they fit into your school's ethos um, but sometimes the questions that are asked are perhaps you know not what you would expect during a kindergarten um, uh, interview so uh, you know where did that come from is it because schools are just wanting to make sure that they have a balance of people or a set, certain set of people in, in their schools I mean w why is this uh, you know in, in our culture these days well, um, again, back to the how kindergartens are managed, right? So it's a private enterprises. So the goal is to make money, to increase the tuition fees, um, right? So that's the business mindset, which is also um, contributing to it. So with the public kindergarten, where admissions um, criteria are not that strict, so I think uh, we have more relaxed environment in such um education system but in hong kong where we have this privatization happening and then they are private businesses right so then they want to have best children with you know good families because there is this belief that you know if you come from high socioeconomic background the chances of you know do well educationally is quite high so the kindergartens are selecting this kind of kids i mean which at some point uh, may be understandable for for the business um, perspective, but we are we need to think about educational, um, you know, values and the long-term impact that this may have on children. And absolutely, and just the diversity. I I, I ask that because you know. 
both, both my daughters go to a public uh, government subsidized uh, school. So when I was sort of speaking to friends whose children go to private schools, we had different sort of questions asked to us. And I was like, why would they want to know that? Um, so <laughs> that, that, that's quite interesting. Is this sort of, um, let's talk about this element of shadow education and these sort of courses available to to, to interview children and to get children sort of, because uh, I hear there are sort of classes in schools and schools and interview skills to, to brush up for children. Are these classes sort of unique to Hong Kong or do you see them sort of elsewhere around the world? It's, uh, it's a good question, actually. I'm studying this private tuition from international perspective and I can tell you that it's everywhere. So, and uh, in Asia, in, in Europe, in the US, and even in Finland and in Scandinavia, um, we think that uh, they have more equal education system, which is true, but the private tutoring still exists, right? So, uh, but there are different drivers behind the private tutoring. Like in Hong Kong, it's competitiveness of the education system that drives it, so parents' mentality, and also free market, right? So this is unregulated market mm. that we have this uh, private tutoring companies and centers out there. So in other countries, maybe the parents perceive school education as inadequate, right? So they try to compensate uh, perceived poor quality of education. That's why they refer to the centers. So there are different, different reasons, but it is a global phenomenon and it's actually increasing in terms of you know, demand. Yeah, and, and we often hear sort of how, how much money that these private tutors make um, on a monthly basis. I think they make over a million dollars a month or something shocking like that. Um, I don't think, you know, but by doing any other sort of jobs, you can make that sort of money. Um, what's, let, let's talk about uh, these sort of interview uh, classes as well. From, from your research, from your uh, study, did you find out what it is that they can train two and three-year-olds to do during the interview sessions? Yeah, um, well, they are trying to, uh, you know, teach some social skills, which I believe it's parents' job to teach. So that's why I question whether these skills are really teachable, right? So, for example, how to greet a foreigner or stranger, how to say hello properly. And um, in this age, some kids even don't speak. So I really question whether this is teachable and trainable or not. That's why we need to critically analyze this whole system of uh, interview preparation. But we also, one of the findings that um, I have in my study is so-called outsourcing parental role to the market. Because increasingly, uh, I'm also a parent, like very busy parents, and parents are busy in Hong Kong, right? And then more and more women are working, so they, um, they are anxious. They try to outsource their parenting rules to the market and they trust um, experts, right? And experts out there, you know, offering all these services. So there are lots of things going on in the society simultaneously that, um, you know, gives rise to these services. But again, in the education, we need to ask questions about what value system we are, you know, teaching at this early stage, right? What are the education implications for the long run? Uh, and also ask questions about uh, whether or not this increases social inequalities in a society mm -hmm. and what impact this can have on parents. Because uh, what we found is that 
the students who are going through multiple interviews or preparation services and the parents themselves are under so much pressure and especially during COVID-19 I think this is unnecessary pressure so um, yeah so we need to protect our children in this young age to be sorted out um, in this way. Yeah, um, and it's and it's interesting that you mention you know this point of sort of outsourcing parenting in Hong Kong. I think we're quite unique, and that is a lot of the times because uh, it's an expensive city. A lot of times you need sort of two incomes to sustain uh, life or have a certain lifestyle. And a lot of times we have uh, helpers. We have wonderful domestic workers. Sometimes grandparents will, if, if you, you know, you, you're fortunate enough to have a family here in Hong Kong. Um, so th- there's that sort of multifaceted role of of parenting children and that, and that children are actually um, busy from, from, from home, you know, getting uh, parented from different ways and also uh, differently from school as well. Um, is this again unique to Hong Kong um, because well, we, we uh, have helpers here in Hong Kong? Well, as for the shadow education and private tutoring, it's not unique uh, to Hong Kong. It's quite uh, widespread, but uh, interview preparation services is quite unique to Hong Kong. I mean, there are some uh, practices in China as well, um, in India and in, for example, in New York City, uh, there is one documentary which is depicting some kind of similar services, but it's not as you know common across the world as in, in Hong Kong, I think. Um, because of the reason that I discussed, we have quite unique um, system still. Some yeah. parallels, but quite unique to Hong Kong. And there's no doubt that you know sometimes with technology, with the I mean with the video submission, people can control how their child would appear. But sometimes with Zoom, you, you can't, and it's frustrating when you want your child to behave a certain way during the interview, and it doesn't quite go that way. Um, what has your sort of study told you? And, and you know, speaking with parents and also the feedback from teachers and educators. Yeah, I think we should uh, think more about children's well-being and let them be who they are, right? So if we train them so much in early ages and then... Uh, like you know, robots. Yeah, so if you see some of the video submissions, they are like um, very staged <laughs> performances, right? And uh, so they are little actors and actresses. Uh, performing, so I think we need to not too much emphasize on this, and then you know promote authenticity and then well-being. I believe that childhood should be stress-free for everyone. Absolutely. Um, and finally, uh, Nutsa, I know uh, you're th- there's also continuing with this. So, what's next uh, after this study? Uh, what's the next step? Well, the next study is um, the kind of follow-up study to see um, primary school admission preparation services because it seems the market for primary school preparation is bigger than for the kindergarten. So that's the follow-up study after this. But we are still analyzing uh, the data from this study and we actually will have some seminars for parents and teachers once we finalize the findings in May and June. So if parents are listening, our teachers are listening, or anyone interested in, they can get in touch with me and I'll be happy to invite them to our Zoom um, sharing. 
Excellent. Well, Nutsa, thank you so much for joining us uh, this afternoon. Can you remind our listeners how we can find out more about you and your work? Have you got a website that we can find you on? Yeah, so they can visit uh, University of Hong Kong Faculty of Education uh, website. So I have the faculty page. If they Google my name, so they will, it will come up and there is the email um, publicly mm-hmm. available so they can get in touch. Or I have Twitter account, I have Facebook account or LinkedIn account, so they can easily find me. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And we were talking to Nutsa Kabakhitse, who is an assistant professor in comparative and international education in the Faculty of Education at the University of Hong Kong. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Noreen, and good luck with your child on the (laughs) admission. I'll let you know how it goes with my uh, authentic video. Thank you very much. (laughs)